Good morning. Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Old Testament reading today is Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord that I will seek that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry out loud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not give me up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Verses 25 through 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And you, not, are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to the span of your life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I tell you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive after all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God 
and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of the Lord. Fear and anxiety. What is it that you fear or worry about? Of course, there are the major common phobias that come to mind. Fear of heights, fear of flying, fear of spiders or other animals. And then there are other worries and fears. Alethe and I worry about our children how they will be treated by friends and adults, how they, what might happen to them. And unfortunately, uh, many worry about how they will be treated by officials that should be trustworthy. There are many fears and worries that we all have, and they are real, and not to be easily dismissed and thrown away. But then, there are other fears and worries that seem to be cultural or social manifestations. Worries that can even be used and manipulated to support different agendas. Worry about if we will not have enough can lead us to buy more or seek to acquire more. Worry that we need to protect our own and to beware of the other can lead us to distrust and to many misunderstandings. Fear is a powerful motivator. We know that it triggers the fight or flight response in each of us. And yet we also know that when any of these fears become too great, they can affect our way of life and even become debilitating, requiring professional assistance. What are our fears and worries? And where do they come from? They are all feelings that we have, emotions that motivate or debilitate us. What do they lead us to do? I think these are some of the important themes in both our psalm today and the gospel passage from Matthew. And they are important questions for us to pause and to reflect upon. Some of our, features, some of our fears are unique to certain cultures or experiences and others are more universal. We all are seeking life and a way of life that can support ourselves and our families. For many years, fears and anxieties have led to worldwide migration. People leaving their homes in search of a more secure life. Many fleeing violence, war, or persecution, and they seek asylum in another country. Others are migrating because of a fear of a lack of resources or a lack of hope for the future, leading to economic migration. In the Iranian Presbyterian Church in Berlin, where Alethea and I serve as mission co-workers for the Presbyterian Church, we meet and encounter people who fall into all of these categories. One of the things that we have learned in our time serving in Berlin is that regardless of if one is a refugee or an economic migrant, each person has 
very real reasons for why they have left home. Each person has a story. It is not a simple decision that one makes. It is a life-risking decision, not only for the reasons that one leaves their country, but also for all of the trials and the challenges that they face along the way. Nusha and Saeed are a couple who have, in the last year, come to the Iranian Presbyterian Church. They left Iran after Saeed was arrested for political activities. And he later told me, he, and while he was imprisoned, he was tortured. As soon as he was released, they left and fled to Turkey. And while they were in Turkey, they made contact with people. They awaited while they could, someone could re- secure for them a visa to the Netherlands. They flew to the Netherlands. And upon arriving there, they immediately came to Germany because they had friends there and they thought it might be easier to receive asylum in Germany. But because they went through the Netherlands, according to the legal um, migration law, refugee law, they needed to file their asylum claim in the Netherlands. And so they waited and awaited in Germany until finally they received deportation. The police came to their apartment They took them, they were boarded onto the plane. But because they had such severe fears and anxiety about going back to the Netherlands and either being imprisoned for having left or being immediately deported back to Iran, they faced anxiety attack and were removed from the plane. They continue to wait in Berlin, waiting for this time period to pass when they can refile their asylum claim. And while they're waiting in Berlin, They come to the Iranian Presbyterian Church. They're a part of our community. They seek to receive support from the community, to find a place of peace in the midst of great anxiety and even depression. How do we think about these issues? How, as the church, are we affected and involved in these issues? We don't have to abandon rules. We don't have to dismantle laws to seek a just response. But I do believe that we are called as the church to think about these issues through the lens and the perspective of our faith. With compassion and a recognition that each person is a human and each person has a story. And we need to hear these stories and to allow them to form our understanding and response in these challenging issues. Psalm 27 is a psalm that, like many others, contains both a strong confidence and trust in God, along with a lament and petition for God to act. Neither of these realities are denied or suppressed, but they are lifted up into something that I truly find beautiful and courageous, something that I personally cannot always find the ability to do but that this psalm and many like it can give support, can give words in the time when I lack words. They can remind in the midst of fear, anxiety, and doubt of the reality of God's presence with us and heart to care for us. Farad is another man in our community. 
He told me about how when he was a teenager, he was addicted to drugs, and he did not really have much of a life outside of seeking how to get the next hit. After years of this lifestyle, he decided that he wanted to change. He went to a place where he knew that they offered um, some assistance, a place where Narcotics Anonymous was operating. When he first knocked on the door, the person who received him said, I don't think you're ready. Go away. He was surprised and thought, I want, I want to become sober. I want help. The man said, no. Come back tomorrow. Come back when you're ready. Farad went home. He thought about it, and he did come back the next day. And then the man saw that he was ready, and he was brought in and received support from N.A. He was paired up with a mentor, and through his mentor, he found and experienced God through Christ in the midst of Iran. After some advice from his mentor, who had also left Iran, Farad decided that it was better for him to leave Iran as well. And he came to Germany in 2015 and to our community. He became uh, involved in the new members class. He was baptized by the previous pastor. But he has waited four years for his case to be fully processed, for his initial appeal to be taken up by a court and for him to receive a hearing. Two months ago, I went to court with Farad as he received his hearing, his day in court. Fortunately, I did not have to speak because his testimony, his own testimony, was so compelling to the judge that the judge could see that his claim for asylum, that his conversion to Christianity, that his faith in God through Jesus Christ was sincere and had transformed his life. Now Farad has received acceptance to stay in Germany, but he is looking for what is the next step. He now wants to be able to find a job where he can use both his faith to help other people. But it requires searching, it requires waiting. And in the midst of this, he remains um, confident and trusting God to help guide and to help provide. Does having confidence in God or a faith and trust in God's presence and protection mean that everything will be okay? That we will always be protected? Or that we don't have to do anything but to sit and wait? I don't think so at all. We still face great challenges. Some that greatly threaten our lives. Suffering is a reality that we cannot avoid. But we can cultivate practices that help in the midst of our challenges. Practices that guide how to act and respond, led by God. The psalm and the gospel reading today contain a certain a strong assurance and comfort found from the being in the presence of God and belonging to God. A promise of God's presence when all others including even family, might forsake us. Aziz was one of our previous co-workers in the Iranian Presbyterian Church. He met Presbyterian mission co-workers in Iran in the 60s, and through his experience and relationship with them, he was drawn to Jesus Christ. His brother was uh, in the police, though, 
and his family did not look favorably upon his decision to follow God through Christ. Aziz left Germany. He came to, uh, or, sorry, Aziz left Iran and came to Germany, not knowing anybody, not having any contacts. He began studying agriculture with the hope that he could go back and work on the family farm and the family business. But when this became apparent to him, it was not possible. He switched and studied sociology. And after completing his degree and many years of helping people in Berlin, he began working with the support of the Presbyterian Church and continued providing great social assistance to migrants and refugees in Berlin and throughout Germany that were Farsi-speaking. And he continues, even in his retirement now, to continue in this path and offering assistance. One of the challenges of many of the Psalms, including this one today, is the language of the enemies that is often, with often a request for God to do something, to strike down, to destroy. While an entire sermon could be devoted just to this theme, there's one point that I think that I have found helpful in processing this idea. And that is that this language is a way of taking our anger before God. These requests are often for some form of justice to be done in the midst of injustice. But I think this language can also free us from these feelings of hatred and wishes to destroy the other. These desires are not suppressed, but they are expressed. They are taken verbally to God, and in doing so, can allow us to be set free from the desires to enact them. Indeed, we do encounter people who seek to harm us, to deprive us of life, but we also hear messages that portray others as the enemy, and these change how we see one another. For 40 years, there have been tense political relationships between Iran and the United States. And political leaders from both of these countries have portrayed the other as the great enemy. Amid the, the years of this type of rhetoric, it can be difficult for citizens of each of these countries to see the other in a different way as from the enemy. As Alethea and I originally thought about moving to Berlin and working with migrants from Iran and Afghanistan, we were struck by the strangeness of being Americans, working with Iranians and Afghans in Germany. And we also, but we also felt that this fit with a desire or a calling of ours to serve as bridge builders between different cultures. In the last five years, we have had many different experiences that have changed how we view people from Iran and Afghanistan. When we moved there, we were anxious about how these cultures might work together, how we might receive one another. But through the relationships that we have made, the stories that we have heard, we have now a deep appreciation for their culture and their perspectives. And we also recognize that despite any differences that we might have, there are so many similarities between our cultures. Psalm 27 ends with a line, teach me your way, O Lord. One of our key objectives at the Iranian Presbyterian Church is to teach about how we understand God through Jesus Christ. 
and what it means to follow God in this way, living with one another. It is a challenge, especially when there are different interpersonal conflicts and challenges that arise. And you can keep the church in in your prayers this summer, in our absence, as well as when we go back, as we continue to navigate, as we continue to teach, as we continue to work with one another, to understand what it means to follow God in this way, what it means to live together as brothers and sisters. Learning involves practice. It doesn't always come easily or immediately. But through cultivating a life and faith that seek to trust God, more to allow God to shape how we view what is important in life, including how we view one another. We may find that we become less anxious and fearful. Practicing trust and confidence become antidotes to fear and anxiety, but they do not mean the removal of doubt or uncertainty. Waiting on God not worrying about tomorrow, our ways of reorienting our lives, centered on God, but we still may have doubt. We still may be uncertain. We may have fears and worries, but in the midst of them, we can seek to refocus on God, who is always with us and seeks to provide for us, like the birds of the air. In the Bible, this is what is called the fear of God. Not an idea about being afraid of God, but a position of recognizing that God is worth trusting and offers a way of life that is worth following. That when we become centered on God and God's eternal presence with us, everything else becomes refocused through that and that we can have great confidence that as Paul says in Romans 8, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ, our Lord. Amen.